Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. Exodus chapter 1. I'm not gonna, there's a lot of scriptures that I'm not going to read. Y'all going to flow with me. We're one mind and one spirit right now. Let's flow together. Exodus chapter 1 deals with the story of the children of Israel being bound in, that they were in bondage to the nation of Egypt. But before they were in bondage to the nation of Egypt, they were blessed to be in Egypt. Joseph, the story of Joseph in the coat of many colors, you know the story. Joseph had interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh and, he'd be, and it had given him the right to be the blessed, the second in command of a nation that was not even his nation. He was able to oversee his father and his brothers coming. He was given a good land called Goshen. And for a generation they lived there and they grew there and they were blessed. Maybe they didn't have the rights of the Egyptians on the level of calling themselves an Egyptian. But they had the ear of the person. Their their family member was sitting in a place of favor. And could get them anything they wanted. And Pharaoh loved Joseph and loved his father. Loved his his brothers. Loved his people. But let me tell you something. They were blessed in that nation. But the Bible says in in Exodus chapter 1, verse 7. Excuse me, verse 6. Exodus chapter 1, verse 6 says this. And Joseph died. And all his brothers. And all of that generation. Everybody say generation. But the children of Israel were fruitful. And increased abundantly. Multiplied and grew exceedingly and mighty. And the land was filled with them. Verse 8. Now there arose a new king over Egypt. Who did not know Moses. Let me tell you something. When somebody arises in a place of position and authority that does not know the God that we serve, they will not know that they should bless God's people. They will come against God's people. Let me tell you something. I know from the beginning of time, you hear me, from the beginning of this nation, this nation has been led by very fallible and sinful human beings. All right? It didn't just happen. Let me tell you something. You're pretty fallible and you're pretty sinful as well. God still loves you. And God can still use you. So God used fallible, sinful, bound up, demonically systems in place to form the greatest nation to promote religious freedom that this world has ever seen. It's amazing that you shouted amen when I said fallible and sinful people, but you stopped shouting amen when I said the greatest nation to promote religious freedom that this world has ever seen. Regardless of how you feel about those sinful and fallible people, you are sitting in a church building today with the freedom to worship God at a level that no other nation on this planet has. So you better thank God for who you are, that you're here. If you got a problem with that, you got a problem with God because God wants his people to be free to worship God. Now, whether it was fake, whether it was pretend, 
whether it was for the cameras, for the press clippings, to be elected, whatever the motivation, I can tell you this. There were generation after generation after generation in this nation that knew the one thing you don't do is come against the church. Huh? You don't come against the church. You come against anything else, but you don't come against the church. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't know exactly when it happened. I don't know what generation exactly brought it upon. But not in the not too distant future away from us. Probably somewhere around the latter part of the 50s, 60s, and early 70s. Went on to another level in the 80s. Catapulted in the 90s. And since then is on breakneck speed. One after the other. You better hear me, and I don't care if you like it or not. Republican and Democrat. One after the other, after the other, after the other. There arose Pharaoh after Pharaoh after Pharaoh after Pharaoh that one by one by one by one begun to uh, chisel away at the principles of God's word. You don't get to decide what God meant when he makes it very clear what he meant. There are some things that you need to break down and you can have your own opinion of. But when he says thou shalt not steal, you don't need to explain that. That means don't steal. Can I preach a little bit? That means... If he created a man and a woman to hook up and make a baby, that's what he meant. I'm putting plumbing in my house right now that I'm building. And the other day, we're getting ready to connect two different types of pipes. Y'all know where I'm going if you ever done pipe. They said the only way, oh, y'all ain't getting this. You can make the water flow from this line that's in the ground into your house, connecting that type of pipe to that type of pipe and still have flow. You're going to have to at some place, there's going to be a female involved and there's going to be a male involved. Am I right, Desmond? You can't connect two pipes with two females. You can't connect two pipes with two males. I'm doing my best to get kicked off of Facebook today. Now, you make all kinds of ways to get on the back end, still get water. And tell everybody I still got water. But if you'll trace that pipe back. You'll find there's a male and female involved somewhere. Well. You ain't never going to know what you hear at Solid Rock. I'm just at that point in my life, you know. All I'm going to preach is the Bible. You don't like it, you don't like it. Hey, can I tell you all one other story to make you all even more uncomfortable? Might as well. Huh? I was under the floor of my 
two houses ago. We was, I was fixing some plumbing. Up. I was covered in mud. I was laying on my back fixing it, and my wife's talking to me through the crawl space. And I'm, I'm telling her, I'm covered in mud. I'm laying in a mud hole down here. I need one more fitting. And there's a little hardware store right across the tracks. She said, well, I'll go get it for you. She said, what do you need? Let me grab a pencil and pen and write it down. I said, actually, I need two. I need, I need a half-inch male, and I need to make sure you tell them I need a half-inch female because that's the only way I can make it work. I need, I need a male and a female to make this work. She, this is what she said. She had never heard of it. She said, let me tell you something right now. There ain't no way. I'm going into that store and asking for no female and male. She's like, you got to tell me what they're really called because that ain't what I'm going to say. I said, well, that's what they say. Look at the sign on the, on the shelf. That's what the sign on the shelf said. But let me tell you something. There arose a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. There arose a president after president after Congress after Congress after Supreme Court justice after Supreme Court justice that somehow filled empowered to not remember the God that orchestrated something called the Constitution to give us the ability to preach the gospel. And in the midst of that generation, when that, when that Pharaoh rose that knew not Joseph, here's what happened. He began to not just not tolerate the people in Goshen, he began to hate the people in Goshen. Hmm. And he began to persecute the people of God. Let me tell you something about persecution. The Bible said the more they were persecuted, the stronger they became. The more the church is told they can't worship God, the more the true worshipers are going to arise. The more the remnant is going to. This is not hate speech. And this is, my sermon is not anti-anything. If a pastor can't say what I just said, then, I mean, I didn't make fun of anybody. All I did was tell you what the Word of God said. If we're at a place where I can't even say what I just said without people saying, well, I thought that was a loving church. I am. This is a loving church. But I have to be able to tell you what the Word of God says. Are you hearing me? If I'm not, what are we? If I can't, what are we? What are we doing here? I'm going to tell you something. Chances are we have people in this congregation right now that could either be struggling with, a, with an attraction to the same sex or, or maybe even involved in a relationship. You know what? You're here and nobody has said anything to you because we love you and you are just as welcome in this church as anybody else. Oh, and by the way, and by the way, there ain't no difference between somebody that's struggling with that than y'all that's shacking up together of opposite sex. Sex outside of marriage is what, what the issue is. Okay, may, may, maybe this will help y'all. Get y'all. Sometimes the only thing that will cause you to grow is persecution. Life, I've said this for, time, for years, is like a grinding stone. It will either grind you to dust or it will sharpen you. The difference 
is what you are made of. If you are made, if your house is on sand, life is going to ground you to sand. But if your life is made of iron and steel, it's going to sharpen you. Come on, are y'all hearing me? Moses, born in the bulrushes, saved by God. His mother had to give him up, thinking he was never going to see They would never get to see him again. She would never get to see him again. And by the miracle and favor of God, that baby just happened to float right up to Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter picked her up. She was not with child. She could not nurse the child. She said, oh, I'm going to keep this beautiful uh, baby here that just floated up to me. But I know what? I need somebody from from the Jewish people to nurse that baby. Can you run over there and ask if anybody's available? And she runs back over there and finds Moses' mama. And hires Moses' mama to come back and pick up the same baby that she thought she'd never see again. And be able to nurture, nurse, feed, pour into, and train. See, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they shall not depart from it. He might have lived in in luxury. He might have lived in Pharaoh's house. But every time she had a hold of her baby, every time she was changing a diaper, she was speaking into him, son, you may not understand it now, but you got a destiny. You got a purpose and you got a calling. And one day God's going to use you. One day God's going to bring, cause you to stand up. One day God is going to need a voice in the midst of a wilderness. One day God is going to need you Moses. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to need to speak over this congregation and speak over this camera if I'm even still online. This is the day that the Lord is saying I need a voice. I need somebody to stand up. All those years of word, all those years of worship, all those years of praying has prepared you for this moment. This is the moment. So I'm going to preach the whole story of Moses. I ain't got time, but he raised, he, he, he goes all the way up to an, um, a young man. And that's a, not a young man, what we would call not a young man. Back then it might have been a young man. He's 40 years old. Actually, I still call that a young man because I'm 53. <laughs> but he witnesses a murder he, of one of the Jewish people and something rises up inside of him that he can't explain. I'm going to tell you what it was. It was the reaction because even though he was dressed in the finest clothing, even though he ate the finest food, he, he, his mama had never let, let him forget who he really was. See, the church, let me tell you what God spoke to me as I'm working on this message. God spoke to me and said, the church has lost its identity. We are convinced that the church is big, beautiful buildings and carpet and air-conditioned systems and sound systems and lights and cameras and smoke. But we've forgotten what the church really is. The church is people. The church is praise. The church is preaching. The church is power. Are y'all hearing me? Some of the greatest moves of God I've ever been in in my life was in a tent. And you know, oh, some of the greatest moves of my life to this day, some of the greatest services I've ever experienced in my life was in that little white building across from Dollar General in Trafford, Alabama. The whole church wasn't even as big as this one section of pews. But we saw the presence of God fall in that place. 
The bigger the church gets, the more glamorous and the more technology comes along, the less we remember who we are. And sometimes it takes something either tragic or something being taken away from us, some kind of event that comes out of nowhere to shake us and remind us when we're looking at that, this doesn't look right. This is something about this isn't right. I need to say something. I need to do something. I need to be something in this moment. When 9-11 happened, the next weekend, every church in America was packed to capacity. We were reminded when tragedy happens where you're supposed to go. The world tried their best to tell us, come to us, come to the government. We can take care of you. We'll protect you. But the people somewhere deep inside of them, something their mama told them, something their grandma told them, something their granddaddy told them, rose up and said, no, 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 I hear you. What I need to do is get back in church. American flags were everywhere. You remember that? I mean, every, every car had flags. Sold out everywhere you went. Everybody's wanting an American flag. It didn't take long. Not only did you not see the American flags anymore, but the church attendance started plummeting. And now, watch this. Probably the greatest worldwide event, tragedy of our lifetime, and maybe in the history of the civilized world just happened in the last year. When you have an entire world Shut down due to a pandemic. Death all over the world. But instead of running to the church. Of course we were told not to go to church. But even when the church is open. One third. One third of people who regularly attended a church. On January and February of last year. One third. Who, who said. Answered the question. Do you go to church at least two out of four weeks every month? And are you involved in your church? Those people that went two out of four services every month actively involved in church, one-third of them said they'll never go back to church again. They realized they didn't need it. One-third, 33%, three out of every ten people sitting next to you right now said, I don't need it. Instead of running to the church... We're running away from the church because we have bought into the lie. Oh, y'all ain't hear me. That it's better in Egypt. Y'all didn't hear me. It's better in Egypt than it is to be free. See, when you're set free, you might have to walk through the desert in your freedom. When you're set free, you might have to struggle to find water. You might have to go through some stuff. You might have to circle and circle and circle and learn a lot of lessons. But to those who knew, know who they are in God would rather circle in a desert and struggle to even find a next bite to eat than to go back and be a slave in bondage to somebody else's system that considers us worthless. Oh, you don't believe that mindset was in them? Moses led them out of bondage. After the ten plagues, the, 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 the tenth plague of the death of the firstborn, finally Pharaoh had enough, said, get out. Because his own son died. And, and, and as, they're, as they're going, 
I mean, they're, they're going across the desert. They're all happy. They're free. Woo, look at us. Look at us. Look at us. First problem that hits them. First problem that hits them is the Red Sea. They're standing at the Red Sea. they got mountains on one side, mountains on the left side. they got the Red Sea. And the messengers that are watching the camp in the back come riding on horses as fast as they can. Pharaoh has changed his mind. He realized, watch this, he lost all his free labor. Now he's got to pay Egyptians to do the work. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. That's what slaves are. Slaves, are, that's why slavery is demonic. That's why slavery cannot ever be anything but demonic. What, what, five people going to clap to that? I said slavery has always been demonic and from the pits of hell. You don't have the right to own anybody. should have already left. All right, it's, it's 11.30. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Stand in front of the Red Sea. <laughs> Pharaoh's changed his mind. Him and all his finest horses and chariots are on their way behind us right now. Here's the mentality of the people. And I'm going to tell you something. It's sad to say I believe it's the mentality of the people in this day. Their response was, oh, okay, okay, we see what you're doing, you and, you know, this God you told us about that loves us so much. We see what is happening here. You just let us out here for us to die in the wilderness. Listen to what they said. Would to God that we were back in Egypt. At least then we could eat the onions and the slime that was left over from the animals. At least there we had a cardboard box we could lay in and call home. See, you will lower your standards if your mind and your heart is still in bondage. Your, your default reaction will be offense if you're still in bondage. Some of y'all offended me right now. only reason you ain't left yet is you don't want people to look at you. Watch this. But what you didn't, what I didn't tell you about and what you miss in this story is God doesn't just want to bring us out. He wants to bring us out blessed. He don't want to just, listen, the Bible says before the 10th plague happened. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. God told Moses, go tell the people of God, we're about to get out of this place. But before we get out of this place, we need all the ladies to go in all the houses. Now watch what the Bible says, uses this word, and borrow all the silver and all the gold. Borrow some fine apparel. Borrow some fine shoes. Because you, you got good relationships with them. We've got good faith. Just borrow some of the finest things. Because here's the reality. The word borrow confuses people to make them think because of what happened next. The Bible said that when they left and they came out, God said, we're coming out. And I want you to take all the gold and all the silver and all the fine linen and all the fine stuff with you. 
you. And when you hear the word borrow, you think, was God telling them to steal? No, 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 no. God had blessed them in Goshen. But here's what happened. The children of Israel under this new Pharaoh, part of the tax, part of the, part of the increased labor was to take the wealth and the riches of the people in Goshen. That silver and that gold and that fine linen that was hanging on the walls of the Egyptian people didn't belong to the Egyptians. That was the gold and the silver of the people of God. How many knows if the thief is found out, he's got to restore sevenfold. So God said, I'm not just bringing you out. You're coming out with all the stuff the devil took from you. You're coming out. My God, I wish I had a church. I'm telling you, I don't want to just come out of bondage. I want my stuff back. I'm telling you, I don't want to just see a church that can have church services again. I want to see a church having church again. I want to see the altars filled. I want to see people being saved. I want to see people being healed. I want to see people being delivered. I want to see devils cast. I'm not happy just to have church again. I'm ready for the church to be the church again. Somebody shout this with me. God doesn't just want to save me. He wants to restore unto me. Let me tell you what the Bible talks about in Joel chapter 2, that last day revival. He said that last day revival will come at a place of total desolation when it looks like you've lost everything. It said, I will restore to you the years that the locust and the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm hath eaten. I will restore that to you. He said, in the last days I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. All, we know all that part. But right before that, he says, I will restore to you the years that the, that the palmer worm, the canker worm, the caterpillar have, have eaten. All four of them. And it says, one of them eats the leaves. One of them eats the branches. One of them eats the bark. And one of them gnaws on the stump. In other words, he says, some of you used to have a tree that was flourishing. But the enemy has ate the leaves. He's ate the branches. He's ate the stump he's all the way down and it looks like somebody came in there with them root them uh, root grinders or stump grinders and grown that thing all the way down and what used to be don't even look like there's anything there but God said in this last day revival I'm gonna pour out all my spirit and in an instant I'm bringing back the tree praise God I'm bringing back the stump I'm bringing back the bark I'm bringing back the arms I'm bringing back the branches I'm bringing back the leaves The church ain't dead. The church ain't dead. The church ain't through. Can I get an amen? I said the church ain't through. Man, if y'all want to know all this stuff, I'm skipping over. Somebody say in one day, I can go from bondage to blessed. One day. One day. They all got up that morning thinking they was going to have to go get some straw and make some more brick. By the end of that night, they had gold. They had silver. They were dressed in fine linen. And they were singing the praises to God in one day. I tell you right now, shout it again. One day, I can go from my past to my destiny. One day. 
Why can't it be today? Why can't it be today? Why can't you just believe it be today? Why can't you just believe your victory is today? Why can't you just believe you're not living in the past after today? Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all don't heard the rest of it. 1137 if you're taking medicine. Because I want you to take those pills so you can feel good the rest of the service. I don't want your blood pressure sky high. This is what the psalmist talked. The psalmist was recording this event. In Psalm 105 verse 36. Talked about the 10th plague. He said he also destroyed all the firstborn of their land. The first of all their strength. Watch this. He brought them out with silver and gold. Come on. Woo, comma. And there was none feeble among his tribes. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Not only, not only did they come out with gold and come out silver, but everyone that was walking with a limp when they got up that morning was walking straight by that evening. Everyone that couldn't see because they was blind could see with 20-20 vision that evening. Every sickness was left in Egypt. Poverty was left in Egypt. That's why the devil didn't want them free from Egypt. But see, here's what happens. The devil will let you go to church, be involved in church, sing on the praise team, open the doors and welcome people, and look like you ain't in Egypt. But your heart is still there. You know it's still there because when you leave this place or leave any place of serving God, your default is to go back to the things that you used to do while you were there. Uh-huh. It's easy, not easy, but you can lead people out of Egypt, but it's hard to lead Egypt out of people. Y'all didn't get that. Two o'clock this morning, you're going to jump up out of your bed. I got it. Watch this. Another place in the Psalms that says this. Their shoes did not wear out in 40 years. You ever thought about that? In 40 years, your clothes, it's going to start falling apart. 40 years in the natural. And you ain't got nothing else. You ain't got no factory. You can't, you can't run down to the mall, run down to even have malls anymore. You can't run down to wherever and buy you a, another set of clothing. No, what they came out with 40 years later is all they had. But the psalmist said, their clothes never wore, nor the soles of their sandals never deteriorated in 40 years. How many knows, if you ain't got much, if you'll praise God with what you got. See, here's the problem. Some of y'all gonna y'all, some of y'all gonna be faithful to God if He'll give you five thousand dollars to get you out of debt. Why God won't give you five thousand dollars when you can't be faithful with five hundred? You you won't even tithe with five hundred, but you gonna tithe on five thousand? Please, please, 
You ain't tithing on no $5,000 if you can't tithe on your check. You saying, Lord, I tell you one thing, if you pay my car off, I'd help that, I'd buy some of them shoes in Peru. You ain't buying no shoes in Peru. If your heart is for those babies in Peru, I don't care how much money you got, you're gonna find something to give money to those babies in Peru. God said, I find you faithful over a little. I'll make you rule over much. I think I will. Oh, watch this. Right before he left, he was up there talking to Pharaoh. Pharaoh's like, all right, I'll tell you what. I'll let y'all go. Go back and read your Bible. See, that's the problem with most Christians. They don't read the Bible. They don't know what this is about. Read your Bible. Look at your neighbor and tell them, read your Bible. Watch this. He says, all right, I'll let you go. i let you and all the men go to praise your God. But I need you to leave the women and children here. Pharaoh's like, no. Pharaoh said that. Moses said, no. Moses said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. You don't understand. I'm not here to negotiate who gets to come out and who don't get to come out. I'm not here for a certain few. I'm not here from a church of God folk. I'm not here from assembly of God or my Baptist folk. I'm not here from a black folk. I'm not here from a white folk. I'm not here from my Asian folk. I wish I had a church. I, I, I'm not good with the white folks coming out and black folks staying. I'm not good with the black folks coming out and white folks staying. I'm here for the people of God that were created in the image of God. I'm standing before you right now de- telling you, devil, that the true church has people of every race, every background, every nationality, every financial status, born on both sides of the track, white mama, black mama, Asian mama, Mexican mama, Filipino mama, Vietnamese mama, Russian mama. Oh, and there's a daddy in there somewhere. I don't care what they are. Here's the reality. If you're breathing, you can walk in this. And if you would let me, I'll be your pastor. If you're watching on TV right now, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're one race, two races, or ten races mixed. I don't care if you went on DNA search and ancestry and found out you got a little bit of this, a little bit of this, a little bit. I don't care if you're breathing and you're looking for a pastor that's going to love you and tell you the truth. Come on to Solid Rock. Come on. There's a place for you because we're coming out in this house. We're coming out in this house. My God, Hutch, we're coming out. We're coming out with the gold. We're coming out with the silver. We're coming out with... We're coming out. Well, I'd go to that church, but you know, I was, I was raised with a black pastor, so I need a black pastor. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? Does that mean you got need somebody that can talk like this? If you need me to, if that's what you mean, I'll preach like it. But you know what? That ain't me. I need, I, need, I need music that's my style. Oh, wait a minute. On the other side, well, I was raised in a conservative Baptist congregation. I've never had a pastor that screamed and spit all over everybody. I think it's undignified that you spit on the first three rows. And my God, I can barely understand half that you're saying. You go a thousand miles an hour. I need to go back and, and watch the video just and slow it down and read the captions to even know what you're saying. I, I, need a, I need a church where I can understand the pastor. Well, you know what? I know everybody's not this style. 
But you know what? We, we need to quit doing. We need to quit trying to find a church that fits us. We need to find a church that's going to help us fit him. Come on, are you hearing me? Oh, to help y'all out anyway, I ain't white anyway. He said, no, there's no negotiating. I ain't leaving my wife with you. I ain't leaving my children with you. I'm telling you, some of y'all need to stand up and say, you know what? I'm glad me and my wife are going to church. Your kids ain't in church. Your grandkids ain't in church. How about this? I know you can't, you can't make them when they're out there on their own, out of your house. Oh, by the way, but if they're in your house, you can. I just thought I'd throw that in there. But if they're out there on their own, you know, you can't. But here's the reality. How about, you, how about you don't get satisfied? You getting to go to church, serving God, being free, knowing your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Don't ever give up on your kids. Don't ever give up on your grandbabies. Don't ever give up on your loved ones. You tell that devil, oh yeah, I know I'm out. I know you don't control me, but I'm going to tell you something right now. You don't, you don't have permission to have my wife or my husband. You don't have permission to have my son or my daughter. You don't have permission to have my grandbaby because I'm coming out and I'm bringing my entire generation with me. This generation, my children, my children's children, and as many as the Lord God calls. I'm standing for the legacy of my family. If I'm breathing, I'm bringing them out in the name of Jesus. Whoever's got me in that group text, y'all need to stop texting. Now, your salvation. Mm, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Would y'all stretch your hands this way and pray for me? Because I, 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 I know... I got some, I'm shaking some devils up right now, and I know they're going to mess with me. I can't, I can't, I'm not going down that road. I'm not going down that road. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not beating myself up. I'm going to speak the truth. I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. I'm, I'm going to speak the truth. I'm going to speak it in love, y'all. I'm trying my best to speak it in love. But somebody's got to speak it. See, where are the Moses? Now, I know Aaron was involved in everything. And Aaron became the mouthpiece of Moses. Because for whatever reason, it's debated theologically what his issue was, whether he was a stammerer. And I don't know what it was, but stutterer but God allowed Aaron to be the messenger to the people but here's the reality Aaron 
was not Moses. Aaron didn't hear from God. And when you are being led by someone under the guise of religion and has been appointed but doesn't have that relationship with God, you will be led by someone who will be easily led by you. Aaron was the mouthpiece of Moses, but he ended up making the golden calf. Y'all hear me? He led them down a lot of things that got them in trouble. And God didn't call Aaron to the mountain to get the Ten Commandments. It was Moses that stretched that rod out over that sea. It was Moses that said, choose you this day which God, which side you're on. Those that believe him go on that side. Those that are with God go on this side. And those that were, that were trying to come against the authority of Moses, the Bible says the ground opened up and swallowed them. I'm telling you something. Don't, don't misconstrue where you think I'm going because I'm not going where you think I'm going. I'm not saying I'm him. I'm not saying you got to treat me like a Moses. That ain't what I'm saying. I'm saying this, in this day and time, you need to make sure you are listening to someone who is having an encounter with God. Not someone who has reverend out in front of their name that somehow makes you feel like they're a preacher. A lot of these, I'm talking about of every political persuasion, just because somebody calls themselves a pastor, just because somebody says they're a reverend or a doctor or a father or whatever, you will know the tree by the fruit it bears. If they're leading you back to Egypt, you better get away from them. Huh? Remember that song? Because I don't know my key, I, I always butcher it. Something like, I'm no longer a slave. But what does that song go? Slave to fear. I am a child of God. Girl, a slave to fear. I know that's hiring what y'all sing. I am a child of God. See, mm, when you finally get to that point, you stand before a Red Sea. You will not wish to go back to Egypt. You will trust God. Now, with the eight minutes I got left, here we go. Here it is. We have been on an emotional roller coaster today. We have had incredible, powerful worship. We have had victory. We have seen people shout their way to freedom. Then there's been awkward moments, my pastor. There's been some things that I've said that might have been tough to respond to in, in here. And here we are again, back in a happy place. But I hate to end it on something that might be considered negative. But I got to say it.
you need to know the Pharaoh that knew not Joseph. And translate it to right now, the Pharaoh who does not know God. I'm talking about around the world. I'm talking both sides of the parties. I'm not just talking about the White House. I'm talking about every person who is in authority that is coming against God right now. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I, it's not really bad news if you hear me out. If you think what just happened in 2020 is the last time that's ever going to happen, you are completely oblivious. You can bow up all you want to and say, oh, no, we'll never allow that to happen again. In, in the mind of Pharaoh, it ain't got nothing to do with what you're going to allow. Because they are getting ready to do the same thing to the people of God that the spirit and the demon that was on Pharaoh did to the people of God in Goshen. They're going to increase the burden and make it more and more and more difficult to do what we're doing. So a decision is going to need to be made. Joshua said these words, famous. Choose you this day who you will serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. So get ready, it's coming. But the more they were persecuted, the stronger they became. I believe we're about to see the church's finest hour. I believe we're about to see a stronger church than we have ever seen. When the remnant has come through what we've come through, we are ready for what's coming. Stand up on your feet right now and say, I am the church. I am a child of God. Father, right now, bless each and every one in this house in your name not in my name but in your name God I speak blessings over their lives God but more than anything I pray for their minds that they would be able to retain the awesomeness of this entire day God it feels like we've had four services in one service but God this is where you're taking us this is what people are hungry for they're hungry for your presence God they're hungry to be told the truth so send them, Lord, we're ready from the north, south, east, and west. Bring them. We'll love them. Let me make this very emphatically clear what I'm about to say. We welcome people who are gay, lesbian. We welcome people from every struggle of life, transgender, whatever they're facing, we welcome them. We will love them. We will not judge them. And if anybody sees anybody doing that, you come to me and I'll deal, I'll deal with it. Because that ain't the kind of church we are. If you're breathing, you are welcome in this church. And let me tell you something. If you're struggling with any kind of addiction, not just sexual addiction, but any kind of addiction, and you come to church, that alone is a statement that you're needing answers. You're needing answers, and you're wanting answers in the most loving and sometimes bold way, but based on the Bible, we'll do our best to help you answer those questions. And love you through any process that has to go through because we want to see you free we want to see you full of joy 
If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want us all to pray this prayer. But right there where you're at, I want you to pray it and mean it. God's going to save you. If you're watching online right now, God's going to save you. He's going to save you right now. Let's all raise our hands. Come on, in unity. Let's pray this prayer in unity. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you came back from the dead. You're the only one that can truly forgive me. So, Jesus, I confess my sins to you. I confess everything I've ever done. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and be my Savior. From this day forward, I will live for you and for you alone. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Give him praise right now. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. You're watching online and you just gave your life to Jesus. Let us know. Give him praise.